Perhaps you can look out into the backyard at your house or your apartment complex and see a statue of St. Francis. His head tonsured, indicating his obedience to Rome. His robes static, cast in concrete as his outstretched hand collects water. A tiny little trough where birds or chipmunks or squirrels come to drink. It's a sweet image, and that fixed concrete version of Francis amplifies what can be a common view of the natural world. It's a landscape on which human life unfurls. It's a backdrop. It's ancillary to us. Today, as we keep the feast of St. Francis of Assisi, and as we consider creation, I think we're offered a challenge, especially in light of our scriptures from Job and Matthew, to think about our place and our role in the cosmos. We're invited to consider what being a disciple of Jesus looks like as members of the Anglican communion. So let's start with Job. In the passage we hear today, it's a conversation between Job and God. Job is contemplating his suffering, and God is reframing for him Job's role and place in the universe. God speaks to Job about the mountain goat, its birthing practice, wild donkeys, oxen, the ostrich and its flapping featherless wings when newborn. God is challenging Job on Job's notion of the centrality of humans, of his own experience. God is offering out an expansive, God-sized view of the world that is not only for humans, but also for all of the created world. Said another way, it can be awfully hard to remember one's creatureliness and our connection with all the created order. Our bishops in the Diocese of North Carolina recently returned from the Lambeth Conference. Now, the Lambeth Conference happens about once a decade, and all those bishops who are in communion with the Archbishop of Canterbury at the See of Canterbury go there for a meeting. And this year, as the meeting was held and as bishops were convened from around the world, their time was framed by Bible study and discussion of 10 different calls, things to which we are called in our lives as Anglicans, things like mission, reconciliation, interfaith relationships, the connection between science and religion. 
Perhaps you heard about the call to human dignity. That was the one that made it into the news as it touched on human sexuality and the newspapers ate it up. But for our bishops, I think that they were captivated by the call of the environment and sustainable development. Said another way, creation care. Attentiveness to what we're asked to do as disciples of Jesus, to care not just for humans, but for the world. Our clergy conference this past week was devoted to the bishop's reflection and then our conversation around their time at Lambeth in light of creation care. And I think that that image of St. Francis went from being a cast, concrete, static version, something that we could disregard as quaint or cute, and hearing the bishops reflect began to hear cries that were undeniable, sometimes ominous, always inspiring. They recounted bishops in Pacific Island nations who implored others to act for the sake of creation. How at Bible study tables, some bishops were talking about what will our churches be like after COVID? What will our average Sunday attendance be? How many people will be there in 50 or 100 years? And those Pacific Island bishops weren't worried about average Sunday attendance. They were worried about if their country would exist due to sea level rise in 50 or 100 years. I was struck by the language in the call on environment and sustainable development when I dug into it, and I commend it to you. It's just a few pages long. Both its incisive simplicity and its comprehensiveness. I think it bears reading aloud. As a global connected body with a shared identity that transcends national borders, the Anglican communion has a distinctive perspective Member churches of the Anglican Communion are involved in every part of the environmental emergency. We are the people facing devastation in disaster-stricken communities. We are the polluters, especially in wealthy countries. We are people living in poverty and on the margins. We wield power and political influence. We're experiencing loss and damage of our land, homes, and livelihoods. We are investors with financial capital. We are first responders to disasters and those who accompany communities on the journey of recovery and resilience. We, as part of the Anglican Communion, are all of that. That is to say, both and, that we live in a mixture and morass of complexity and interconnectedness. 
And coming out of the Lambeth Conference, we are invited by those bishops, by our bishops, to transformation, to a spiritual transformation. Indeed, that was what Francis sought in his own life, that shifting heart that led to different actions. To him founding with 11 disciples what became the Franciscan order in 1210 and its sister order for women, the Poor Clares. As Franciscans and Poor Clares patterned their lives, they didn't just think and pray, they acted. And so this Lambeth call invites us to action and to transformation, a transformation of heart and mind from which action flows. The environmental crisis is not just a physical crisis, but a spiritual crisis. We need to see the world differently, reject an extractive worldview which regards the landscape as just something to be exploited, and embrace a relational worldview which sees the profound interdependence of all creation. Interdependence, mutuality. So the bishops at Lambeth called us to a few things. To treasure creation, to recognize crisis and transform that environmental crisis into a posture of stewardship, to equip communities to respond to disasters, to promote the prophetic voice of young people, to ensure that we use our assets ethically, and to join the Communion Forest Initiative. Anyone else wondering, what is the Communion Forest Initiative? I was. And that comes out of the Archbishop of Canterbury's office as a symbol of hope. The Communion Forest Initiative will take different forms across the Anglican Communion because we are in different landscapes. There are some for whom they will engage with wetlands, others who will engage with forests. But whether protecting a precious environment, restoring a degraded one, or planting something new, we all join in spiritual acts. For to plant is to hope, to protect is to love, and to restore is to heal, to share in God's reconciling work in creation. So let me give you some examples that our bishops brought back. There's one female bishop in Kenya who, in her diocese, is living out the Communion Forest Initiative by planting a tree every time she confirms a new church member. 
and she proudly told her table mates at Bible study, we're planting a lot of trees because I'm getting to confirm a lot of people. To plant is to hope. To protect is to love. To restore is to heal. Now, our parish is not yet formally affiliated with the Communion Forest Initiative, but as I look at our habits and our practices, I wanted to name ways in which I see us engaging works of restoration. It's composting. Everything we can, our parish is diverting from the waste stream. This was spurred by parishioners' initiative over the last two and a half years, and I must admit, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, we're never going to be able to get everybody on board. But we have. We've diverted 55,500 pounds of waste from the landfill. It's a lot of melon rinds and banana peels. <laughs> it's hard to get your head around, but it's like keeping 732 cars off the road for a week. Or it's as if you didn't drive 161,000 miles. That's the difference that it has made. Waste from our common life is quite literally becoming something new, nourishing and growing, just as we are promised that in Christ we will all be transformed. I heard a story about a child of the parish who refused a disposable lunch container at school and said, no, I won't have it as Christians. We compost. It's not just that as Christians we compost, but that that act reflects an underlying value to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're told that in the life of discipleship, that following Jesus authentically in a way such that our our values and our desires are aligned with the way of the cross, that in that way, The yoke is easy, and the burden is light. In Jesus, we're reminded of our identity as creatures of God, as part of creation. And this isn't a static vision of St. Francis' yard art, but part of a communion forest, flourishing and groaning as God makes all things new. Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter 
at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the word to serve in the world.